without having that courage to make those bold decisions, I never would be standing here today because I would have still felt like I had to be in the job and do what I should. And this is what I try to teach my clients is that when you start putting your own emotional well-being first and foremost, and you start saying, this is what I'm going to do, know that courage is a muscle and it can be built and you start with baby little steps, that you can have the life you want. You just need to get out of your own way. Welcome to the Grow Tribe. I'm Melissa McGowan and I have been supporting teams and people grow for over two decades. So it might sound like I have it all figured out, but that is far from the truth. In my early 40s, I experienced my great energy crisis. It brought me to my knees. I was living and leading in survival zone, either doing or feeling healthy, but never at the same time. For myself, my family and my career, I realized I needed to make some changes and my biggest learning was to manage my energy. I felt more connected and alive and I became the practicing chief energy officer of my life. And this is where the real growth started. I needed a tribe. I looked up and I realized I was not alone and neither are you. Go to Grow is about connection with real and messy growth. The failing, the learning, the healing, the vulnerability, the bravery and the aliveness not just the glossy outcomes. We'll help you connect the dots between your energy and the impact you desire to have in your life. Our guests help create space for you to grow. They provide insights, inspiration, and information. We'll call them the practicing chief energy officers of their lives too. Go to Grow helps you navigate the rocky road towards greater growth for you. Hello, everyone, and a very enthusiastic, energetic welcome back wherever you are today. Whether you've been listening for a while or whether you're new to the Grow Tribe, we love that you are here supporting your real and messy growth. And I hope that that is energizing for you today. I thought I might start out with a personal story, something I was just thinking about yesterday, actually. It was about four, well, I'll tell you why I was thinking about it, because we ain't going on any holidays right now. But it was about four years ago and I was in a busy, you know, high pressure, kind of, you know, what was stressful for me, leadership role. I was trying to spin lots of plates in work and life and, oh my gosh, I was just so freaking tired most of the time. So I was loving the fact that we were on a tropical family holiday. And when I say tropical, it was, it was like, drinking from fresh coconuts, sort of tropical, but it was that much needed break to recharge my batteries, like AKA survival respite. You know, you're just kind of working so hard to, to just get to the holiday. It's you're so exhausted by the time you get on the plane and, you know, four young kids in tow, but I really needed that break. And I just recall I was sitting by the pool. Um, it was kind of like the middle of the morning, another day in paradise, and I was watching the four children, the self-made tribe, um, you know, showing off their latest feats and tricks in the pool. And, you know, like with that interest that only a parent can sort of muster. Um, And of course, being equitable, like, you know, the, the kids are so obsessed with equity and fairness. It was like, you've watched her for four seconds more than you watch me. So anyway, I'm like focusing, have my phone next to me, And I got a call from work. 
someone in my team was dealing with uh, a tricky issue, like there was some risk around it. And in an instant, click, there's my fingers, in an instant, I was kind of zapped, you know, off the sun lounge, away from my family. And suddenly I was holed up in a very untropical bedroom with a uh, with an issue to fix and head down. So the family went on and had a really lovely afternoon at the beach. Um, you know, I saved the day at work. Well, the kids were disappointed. Um, I felt guilty. Like, you know, I was not a great mum. Then I felt sort of the judgment of that, like without even needing to say anything to anyone, right? I just felt like frustrated, but at the same time obliged to work. And I was living in that very reactionary survival zone that we come to accept as normal. But I was, I was fueled by fear, right? That compulsion to push yourself, which, as we know, is very much a phase on the road to burnout. Now, the thing is, I know because I've been there, but also because I've worked in human resources, people and culture for two decades, there's so many things going on around us that keep us in survival and contribute to us being in survival and even burnout, right? I mean, you can probably relate really responsive workplace cultures. They place a high price on fixing things quickly, putting out fires, you know, bosses that want you to get back to them quickly, no tolerance for failure. Managers who are just out of their depth, like, or out of touch, they don't have time, they're too busy to support you unreasonable targets like workloads, covering multiple roles, really high expectations, urgent requests from all those different multiple stakeholders and a big shout out to anyone who's navigating a matrix structure right now. Hmm. Colleagues who have maybe dropped balls, like all the unspoken and spoken expectations on women and mums and, you know, on it goes. So, you know, what happened to me? Well, my mojo at that point was pretty much missing. My confidence was patchy to say the very least. And it was starting to get my attention like in my, it was thinking about like where this was getting my attention and it was in my body. Like I was often feeling that, that cortisol rushing through my system, that feeling of worry. I was second guessing myself and my hormones were going bonkers. Now, fast forward about, you know, five years and I'm in a really different place. Like I feel much more open connected, curious, relaxed, and for the most part, confident. Not every day, but a lot more than I used to. And that's why I'm now really committed to supporting busy women, right, who are struggling with low mojo or confidence and help them find more ease and feel more successful. But, you know, it's a practice, all right? And learning to manage my energy was the way for me to reclaim my mojo. And every day, like I say, it's practice. You know, there's still shoulds. There's still the all or nothing monster. You know, this morning I had like a 45 minute gap between hanging out with the kids this morning and getting on this podcast. And I was like, okay, I think now I need to actually, I should do some work. I've got so much to do. And I was like, no, you know what? The gym just reopened today post lockdown. I'm going to the gym. Then the all or nothing monster pops up because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a uh, 45 minute workout. Well, I ran into someone at the gym that I was chatting to and my workout was about sort of 15 minutes. And for those who follow me on Instagram, you might've seen some of my three minute workouts last week where we shift energy. Like this is where I am now, right? So the all or nothing monster previously would have said, hey, if you didn't do your 45 minutes, 
then you failed at the gym this morning. So this self-compassion and permission to let go of some of these things, it's ongoing work. And it's possible for you is what I want to say. And that's what we are going to chat about today. So I have Joe Stone here with me today. Joe, welcome to the Grow Tribe, otherwise known as the soup of life. Um, you know, I love connecting with other women like you who have been there as well. You have um, your own set of experiences and your own growth story, which we'll hear today, but you also have a very personal and deep connection and commitment to supporting women. And I, you know, to me, that is just energizing, like women lifting each other up is what we're about here. So welcome, Joe, and it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Great to be here too. I'm wondering whether you recognize elements of survival, but before we go there, uh, how is your energy this morning on this Friday morning? My energy is great. I uh, woke up at 4.50 when the alarm went off this morning for a 5 a.m. call with somebody from the U.S. who didn't show up, which you can imagine you've gotten up at 4.50 and you're like, oh, no, where are they? But rather than the old me would have got frustrated and got stuck into my emails, I decided, well, it's still dark outside and it's cold. I'm going to lie down and do a meditation. So I did a meditation, got me energized, and then I did some yoga and then I got on the phone for my 6.30 call and I've had a great morning. And then I um, got went upstairs, helped the kids get ready for school and then you know jumped on a few more calls. So I'm, I've always had a lot of energy. Uh, energy isn't necessarily something that I've struggled with, but I know that I have in the past traditionally pushed myself too hard. So like you, the all or nothing monster has been my dear friend yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> And so often the, the, I guess the key piece of growth that I've had to do, particularly over the last couple of years, has been learning to slow down. So speeding up yeah. is not a problem for me, slowing down is. So that's really where my growth area has been. And ain't that an ongoing growth assignment? I had someone on the podcast and it was one of our early episodes and it was a great episode because we talked about her journey around um, uh, breast cancer actually but you know what it was? It was about slowing down. And she had this great quote. Um, I'll link the, the episode in the show notes about if we can get still our body, you know, we're like, we know what the answers are. And we just talked about like how for many women getting still is freaking terrifying. Uh, but I love the fact that you stayed out of bed. I find it's winter here in Australia now. And this morning my alarm went off at 5.30 and I really struggled to get up and I waited about 10 minutes and then I got up and I even, cause I make sure I've got my gear kind of on a chair near me and I've got some tea that I do the night before in my, you know, water bottle that stays hot just to kind of help me get going. Cause I, this morning I really struggled, but once I'm up, inevitably I'm, I, I enjoy it and I'm okay. So, you know, you were up and you, it would have been tempting to go back to bed. <laughs> Well, oh, there was a part of me that. for a second that went, you know what? It's dark. It's cold. I'm going to go back to bed. And I thought, no, no, this is what I'm going to do. I had a bit of a sleep in until six yesterday. So this was, you know, this is, you got to make use of the time that you have. Yeah, great. Well, we're obsessed about growth and energy here at Go to Grow because they are connected and that, you know, the physical energy, as we know, is very connected to emotional energy and how we're feeling. And that's why I ask my guests, mostly when I remember, 
uh, this question about when they feel alive in their lives, because when we're tapping into that, we're tapping into a place that we are in a really great place energetically. And when we're living in these more challenging areas of survival and burnout, that sometimes we come to tolerate, you know, we're often not feeling alive. So I love hearing the diverse range of answers that people sort of share uh, bravely and openly on this on this podcast. So Joe, I'd like to pose that question to you now about when you feel really alive in your life. So there's probably, I guess, two two key things that come to mind. On a non-work front, I love going into the bush. So I live about a five-minute walk from the bush. And when I go down there by myself and I'm going for a run, there is just something about you and being in nature. It's And I found that most of my big breakthroughs have come when I'm in nature. So sometimes I'll be sitting here at my desk and I can look, I look over the bush and I'll be thinking, oh, it's something. there's just something right there and I can't work out what it is. Just put on my sneakers. Sometimes I'll just, whatever I'm wearing, and I literally go down and within 30 seconds of being in the bush, that's where all my big breakthroughs have come, whether it's clarity on a decision I need to make or you know something that I need to say to someone or I'm not quite sure which direction do I go here. It has always come to me when I've been by myself and in nature. So I've begun to learn that that is a crucial part of my week and that even if it's, you know, it can't always be an hour and a half to sit down by my favorite tree and watch the clouds go by. Sometimes I've got 15 minutes between meetings. I've even driven. It's literally a five minute walk. I've driven down the hill, run out and basically run around the corner to my favorite spot and just sat there and just soaked it up and then jump back in the car and come back because there is never the perfect time and there's never enough time. So I've had to learn to make do with the time that I have and be intentional with what I've got. So that is definitely a time when personally and I guess privately I feel alive. And then I'm blessed enough that I love what I do for a living. This doesn't feel like work very, very rarely. And I think back to the days when I was in the corporate world, stuck in meetings, sometimes wanting to tear my hair out at being in all kinds of meetings that were not my zone of genius. And I wanted to crawl up and just think, oh my God, what am I doing here? And my mind would wander. But now when I'm on a call and I'm helping somebody have a breakthrough. I run a, a group coaching program and I'm, to an example, last night it was 8.30 at night, but I was on a call with 10 of my favorite clients and some of what they were sharing just literally lit me up, just being so proud of where they've come from. And, and that just makes me feel alive. So when I can see people changing and I'm able to use the gifts that I have for the benefit of others, that's when I feel truly alive. Bring that shit right on. Amazing. Um, the non-judgmental environment of being away from our desk and all of that stuff out in nature, in the shower, or, you know, somewhere really different is just where those insights come through, that perspective, things shift, what seemed like a big problem isn't such a big problem. So I call that my mantra and I literally, I normally I'm wearing it, but I don't have it on now because I'm still in my gym gear, but is I have, I have literally necklaces around this and I give them to my clients and it, I call it energy then action. And I have some tags that remind me of that every day is that the micro habit, like you said, it's not about time. It's really about time. In fact, it's really never about time because when you do that 10 minute thing and you jump in your car, you are in that moment choosing to put how you feel ahead of what that thing is that you're going to do. And then the benefit that you feel from that is what gives you the confidence and the momentum to just keep on doing that. 
you know, even when we're getting stuck in that sort of guilt or, uh, you know, I need to hold a boundary. So I love that. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing and I'm right there with you on the nature front. So Joe, uh, you've touched on, you know, you've come from the corporate world and you've been in significant leadership roles and now you're running your own business, supporting women. Just love you to tell us a little bit about your, you know, growth background and your growth truth, if you like, and, and let's take it from there. Sure. So I have always been someone who's been incredibly ambitious. I was one of those bossy kids. Now we like to call them natural born leaders or headstrong is the correct word now as my seven-year-old gets called regularly. I was always one of those kids who was always striving for more, always wanted to be the best, highly competitive, a range of reasons that that happened. But it was just my truth and I embraced it. I was never apologetic about being ambitious. My mother had some challenges sometimes that she didn't understand why. Why do you have to be the best at everything? But that was my nature and it got me to great places. I was always very open and willing to learn. I'm, I've done many, many assessments. I'm generally in the 99th percentile for change orientation. So I love change. I am all good with change. And that's why pretty much every single one of my corporate roles involve driving change. I would go into new teams, I would restructure them, I would fix them up, and then after a couple of years, I would leave because I always wanted something new. I love uncharted territory, I love uncertainty, I really thrive in that environment. And when I went into a role that was very well-defined, I felt like I was in a cage and I just had to break free. And so that has been, I guess, my journey over over time from a, a growth perspective has been really learning, I guess, taking a step more into the truth of who I'm becoming. So learning sometimes by the mistakes I've made or by being in a place that wasn't the right place for me where I could thrive and be myself, where I had to bend and twist to, to be what others thought I should be, then I've gone, okay, this isn't the place for me. I'm not being utilized to my fullest here. And I knew that every time I was used and my skills were being to the benefit of an organization or clients or whatever that was, I would feel alive and I would be energized. And when I wasn't and I was being forced to play a role that didn't align with my core skill sets or wasn't in my zone of genius, I would be miserable and I'd shrivel up and it would damage my confidence. So I learned to make bold decisions. You know, I, I left a corporate job with a husband who wasn't working to start my own business because I knew that at that point in time, following my truth was more important than being in the corporate world. And yes, I didn't know if I was going to make money. And yes, it felt brave. Some people thought it was somewhat stupid, but I knew that I had to do it and I would always regret it. So I've always tried to back myself. I certainly know over the last couple of years that confidence has become truly embedded. Not I was one of those people that, oh, you'll always do well, Joe, and you'll always land on your feet. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But secretly inside, I'm like, really? Really? How can you say that? So I always, and I've learned in time that there's a very big difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. And so I always had a lot of self-confidence and I would come across and I could stand in front of a I was, on a, I was on a board with 65-year-old men at 29. I didn't have a problem taking on an APAC leadership role with a one-year-old baby back from that leave. I was cool with that. That was all challenge. And I could, you know, slay, put my you know, black paint and high heels on and I could slay a boardroom with the best of them. But when it came down to truly believing that I was good enough and I was capable enough, that's something that I that has taken a lot of work. And I guess the the biggest journey for me over the last couple of years has been shifting that comment you just said about learning that you can't do happy you can't do success you have to be happy and you have to be success 
So shifting from this mantra of always doing and always getting stuff done and ticking things off the list to actually being present, being capable and believing in myself have been, I guess, my my most recent growth journeys, which have paid off in space. Gee, I knew we shared some passions, but now I feel like I'm literally talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, don't, don't our inner critics love it when we make a big scary change, like the one that you and I have both made of leaving high-paying, uh, high I was about to say high-powered, high-paying kind of secure, you know, well-trodden path careers to start our own businesses with uh, husbands that were supporting us at home and what a massive leap of faith, right? Um, And when people said to me, oh, wow, you're so brave, I knew what they meant is you are absolutely nuts. You know, like (laughs) I think that's what they really meant. And isn't it different, you know, when you're in uh, a world that you know and, and a job that you've got a pretty good handle on, you know, you can navigate that and there's a there's a little bit of a degree of comfort zone then when you bring voluntarily bring on change because you're feeling called to uh, you know this passion and this more of a purpose it, it does bring up a lot of the oh my gosh like can I actually do this but what I've found is you know, I call it my chief energy officer promotion. It's like I kind of, I kind of had a good handle on how I did work and and life in my job, and then and now running my own business. It's like I've, I've got to take that to the next level. So we keep upgrading our mindset. You know, it's not necessarily about adding lots of new skills and behaviours, but it's it's mindset. Um, you know, stuff, and and that makes it for me to be able to continue to relate to people who are having challenges of their stepping into new roles or higher levels of leadership or trying to figure out how can I do this? How can I navigate this work-life thing? So, yeah, it's 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 us role modeling growth ourselves, isn't it? And being quite uncomfortable in doing that, but probably better able to support others because we're doing that. So I think one of the biggest leaps, I guess, and, and changes that I've made as I've stepped on this entrepreneurial journey and my own growth journey has been to take some bold decisions. And I've never, mm-hmm. ever regretted any of them, despite them feeling really deep at the time. So one of the biggest things that I'm now proud that I did and took a huge amount of courage was I was in a corporate job and I'd built the big house, the lived the dream of, of many Australians. I built the five-bedroom house, the pool, the chickens, the pond, the everything. But that came with a really big mortgage. And I noticed, I felt like that then quickly became a gilded cage. If I, you know, I didn't feel like I was... I love the people I was working with, but I wasn't in the right organization for my skill set. But I couldn't leave because I had to match the mortgage repayments because my husband wasn't working. He had his own mental health challenges at the time. And so it wasn't, I, I, all the pressure was on me. And one day my husband turned to me and said, would we ever sell? And I said, well, maybe in 25 years, because this was the forever house. We'd invested in it. We'd done things that, you know, you only do if you're going to stay there for 20 years. And but two months later, it sold bit of a traumatic auction experience but we sold it and we got more than we thought we would get in seven years and we everyone thought we were nuts because we've given up the dream but it was the best thing we ever did we sold we didn't have we hadn't bought before we sold because we didn't know if we we're going to do it we moved in with my parents for a bit 
This was after having only been in this brand new house for 18 months. And for the 12 months before that, we lived in a complete and utter shitbox that was moldy and cold and hot because, you know, you just rent a dump while you're building something. So we moved five times in six years with kids between, you know, the little one was one when we first bought. So between kind of one and five, and then here we were moving again, but it was brave and it was bold. And I'm so glad we did it. We then downsized rather than upsized. My daughter went from a bedroom that was five by five to one that was three by three. And we, but that gave us freedom. So we decided at that point in time that I was not going to run the race, same race as everybody else. And it all be about appearances, even though I completely bought into that, was very happy with that before I was actually going to place my need to do something for myself and my need to see what I was capable of ahead of where I was going to live. And so we downsized the house and best thing we ever did. I then was able to leave my job and start my business. Hubby was then in a position to invest in himself and work out what he wants to do. We never looked back, but without having that courage to make those bold decisions, I never would be standing here today because I would have still felt like I had to be in the job and do what I should And this is what I try to teach my clients is that when you start putting your own emotional well-being first and foremost, and you start saying, this is what I'm going to do, know that courage is a muscle and it can be built and you start with baby little steps, that you can have the life you want. You just need to get out of your own way. Because how did you feel when you were, like you go back to that time when you were sort of, I'll just say, keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know if that's an Australian term. Probably shouldn't use these cliches because they're just probably a bit tried and, you know, old and boring. But, you know, that that sort of I'm following the auto, autopilot path really of, you know, bigger is better and more is good and, yeah. So how are you, like, you connect Anchor back into kind of how you were feeling on a regularish basis back then? Oh, I was exhausted, I was trying to do all the things. I was in a big job. I was taking on more than I could chew, as I always did. I was trying to be all the things. I was trying to be the mum I was meant to be. I was trying to be the wife I was meant to be. And this is the position that many women who come to me now, I know exactly where they're at because that's where I was living. And I wasn't taking as good care of myself as I needed to. But I was just lucky that I have very strong willpower and very high natural energy levels so I could just keep going but I knew that it was freakishly similar (laughs) (laughs) but it was more that this this desire this this feeling that I was made for more than I was currently doing got bigger than the security and I had this bit of I guess my one of my first breakthroughs was I had to break through my ego because I was there saying but I had to give up this dream house that I was very attached to. I loved, I'd chosen every light bulb, every PowerPoint, every, and I loved the house. It wasn't, there was nothing wrong with the house, but it was me giving up the, and saying, you know what, my, my purpose in life and me giving myself freedom, I value more than what other people think of me. And I was always someone who was quite, never really cared what people think, but had a strong desire to be respected. And one of the other people of me. Yeah, Yeah, I had a bit of a, a bit of a people pleaser. And to just kind of, you know, middle finger up to I don't really care what you think I'm going to go and do almost the unthinkable I mean so many of my friends thought we were nuts was it took a huge amount of courage hubby is like let's sell it done decision made He, he didn't have a problem with it but it took me a good couple of weeks to get over my ego and to to start working out that was the start of my real kind of rapid personal development journey what is actually important to me 
And what yeah. do I truly value? And what does happiness mean to me? It forced me to revisit all those definitions and create all new rules around what that means. And 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 weirdly, this you know palace that we've built almost can be feel like a a cage because it keeps me running this subconscious you know story that I'm stuck in mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing because that's what I need to do to you know get the get the financial kind of security and then fast forward and I heard you say that word is freedom you know that's kind of the feeling that you got once you guys made that decision and worked through the process and uh and made that yeah that that scary counter you know intuitive decision is there was a sense of freedom and freedom is something that now I've begun to realize so many of us want and it was freedom not just to 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 move where we wanted to and and to get financial security it was freedom to start a business it was freedom to break the rules and decide what does success mean to me so that's yeah. when I started saying you know this is what success means to me and this is what a happy family means to me and this is what you know having the option to send my kids to the school I want this is what that means to me so that was when I realized that I was beholden to gender societal family rules that didn't actually align with what I wanted and it took a lot of courage and a lot of time and inner work to actually break the bonds that were holding me there because they kept me there for a reason they kept me safe yeah to throw all that out and to start again was I think my almost boot camp of personal development growth and that's what then kicked off Basically, that was now four years ago since we sold. That's been a huge up-leveling, a shift in identity, uh, a, a complete oh, mindset shift lovely. for me and, and the entire family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for for those listening, uh, you know, women or men, who are like, yeah, that all sounds good, but it sounds kind of crazy and terrifying and I'm not even really sure what I want you know I hear you talking about kind of what's most important and freedom and blah blah but I actually don't know if I even really know what I want and where to you know where to start what are some things that you might throw out there because I I feel like we do get in our own way a lot and even giving ourselves the permission to believe that you know better or 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 more and more not necessarily in kind of house or whatever, but more in terms of freedom, for example, is available. We just don't always know the how. So some thoughts, maybe some practical stuff or some, some you know, um, wisdom from you about things that people could try on for size. So I hear this a lot. Most women who come to me feel lost and they feel stuck and they feel paralyzed by what they should be doing, by guilt, by fear, and it feels impossible to get out. But the one thing that they usually have clarity on is what's not working. And that sometimes can be the best place to start. So by saying, okay, what's not working? Maybe it's the emotional home that you're living in. It's living in guilt. It's living in fear. There's usually a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment towards partners. And Lack of joy is probably the biggest one. People turn around and say, I feel like a failure no matter what I do. I'm a crap mum. I'm not doing my best at work. Totally. My health is failing. Um, my relationship is But I hear a lot like I'm doing me. all the things. I'm doing so much, yet I'm not feeling like 
the sense of achievement and satisfaction that any of it's going pretty well. And I'm a totally distracted parent and I feel even worse about that. It's like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. So it's a stack on the guilt and the layer it and it just all becomes too much. So it's really hard when you're in that headspace to actually get clarity because you are spending so much time just spinning the wheels and trying to stay upright on the treadmill that you can never get the time. And the moment you do get the time, these women I talk to can't disconnect because their mind is so full of all the things on the list. Mm. But usually it comes down to either a health scare or basically them coming to a resolution, making a declaration to themselves that I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And that's something that only they can know when that time is right. I usually call it a soul knocking. So sometimes it's like your soul comes knocking on your door. And that's what was happening to me when I was selling the house. It was like, you were made for more than this. And you've been doing this for 20 years now. And you know what? You can't do it for another 20. Because another 20 years and you're going to be 60. And what the hell? You've just wasted your life. You can't do this. And so there's usually, I often call it an inner knowing there's this voice that starts to get louder and louder. It's like, I can't keep doing this. And it starts off with complaints over being busy and I'm exhausted and I'm tired and it's that surface level stuff. But after a while, the knocking gets louder. And so it turns into, I feel lost. I don't know where I fit in. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where to go next. I feel stuck. Oh, yeah. And then like eventually. That's that real. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hopelessness, overwhelm. And then they just, their, their thought process is let me just work harder. They kind of throw their high achiever at the problem and think I'll work my way totally. out of this hole. But all that Which is literally is on those 12 hole. phases of burnout. It's like compulsion to prove myself, you know, um, propensity then to work harder as a result, be in denial about the impacts of that, like, you know, and, and on it goes. And then our inner critics, like the perfectionist, is sitting there on your shoulder going, no, no, you're not going to, like, invest in some support for yourself. You've got to figure this out yourself. Like, you know, and then like, well, we're letting it, the, the inner knowing must be when we're not letting those inner critics make those critical decisions on what we need to actually break out of this stuckness. Well, I think that's when that voice just gets so loud that it starts to drown out the critic. And it's people tell me it's almost hard. I just call it this inner knowing. It's like this this determination that I just have to do something. Either I'm screwing my kids up, I'm going to ruin my career, I've been now starting to think about going part-time or chucking it in and taking a break and going to stack shelves at Kmart. And I have no people that have done that. And within three months, they're the manager of Kmart. They've completely redesigned the floor design and their stores at the best ever sales. So they've done all the things in Kmart, but now they're earning minimum wage. So you're like, congratulations. You've just yeah, ordered your salary. We're pattern repeating. <laughs> Without the money. Like if you're going to do it, at least earn the damn money. So it's about understanding and knowing that, you know what, I actually want to break these patterns and I want to break them for good, not just a Band-Aid. Yes, retreats are wonderful yeah. and I run them and they can do amazing things. But sometimes there's a greater level of support that's required. And yeah. the first thing these women need to do is ask for help. Oh, God, ain't that the truth? So so what I'm hearing you say is can everyone get a pen out and write a list down of what is not working for you and that you know that because there's there's something's trying to get your attention. It could be your body, like I shared for me. It was like hormones or, you know, adrenals. Um, it could be like habitual, you know, sort of negative thoughts, you know, struggles disconnecting, all these things. Like write it down. We're not going to stay there. But what what choices are then you got available? Because the tendency to escape 
or the desperation of like, not this versus, okay, hang on, what could I actually do as a step out of here? And when you mentioned band-aiding again, it reminds me episode 16 was such a powerful episode. I had such great feedback. You and I both know Clear Wallage. She shared her really open and honest story of burnout and she had a great quote in there and I, I won't get it exactly, but you know, again, I, it resonated with me, you know, we can band-aid ourselves together spending a shitload, by the way, on expensive retreats. I mean, I think I was seeing about eight different doctors over the course of a couple of years, you know, holistic as well as um, traditional and the whole mix, you know, figuring out my journey and, and premature menopause. But, you know, we can band-aid all that shit together or we can do some work on ourselves and transform over time with support in a in a way that isn't overwhelming, which I think is really important and that's kind of been my experience and and that's my message and and that's why I love that you know this is the work that you do as well so any anything else you want to share or bring up that we haven't touched on joe i think it's on women to make this change because nobody what what i am seeing is that the women make this change are the ones who take personal responsibility for their life do not wait for your employer to invest in you and fund something because then you are giving away your health, your sanity, your relationships, your parenting to somebody else. There's something magical happens when a woman turns around and says, you know what? Actually, the selfish thing to do is continue to live this way. There's the, well, the that's selfish- it. This is, not at the, this is not at the risk of your work and your family. This is at the benefit. And so wow. when women turn around and say, it's time for me to put myself first, that is not selfish. That is actually the least selfish thing that I can do. Because when the mum, when the wife is, when you cannot give from an empty cup. And when your cup is full and you do that by looking after yourself, you do that by managing your emotional state, you do that by learning what it is that holds you back and getting out of your own mm. way. Everybody around you thrives. Your children do better. You do better at work. You empower your team. You delegate more. You say no. You manage your hours. Your relationship thrives. All of this happens when a woman learns to put herself first. But to do that, we need to ditch the guilt. You need to quiet the inner perfectionist. You need to learn to control your emotions and actually decide that I'm going to take the driver. I'm going to take the wheel back in the car of my life. I'm not going to put it out to, I don't have enough time. Hubby won't let me do it. Um, I want work to pay for it. It's time we turn around and say, you know what? I know people that will spend $5,000 on a handbag or a really nice pair of shoes, but will not invest in themselves and will not get the support they need because they think they can just band-aid it with doctors or with massages. And that is wonderful, but nothing substitutes for this deep inner work of working out who I am, what I want, and how do I get the hell out of my own way. And whilst I've kind of been there with all the bullshit excuses, I, I, I think we're giving you all a bit of a kick up the ass together today to say, come on, time to uh, get over those excuses. You know, you as Joe said, you can't give what you don't have, right? You can't give to others your energy, you know, your compassion, your focus, your attention if you, if you don't have it yourself. If you're not connected to yourself, you can't give it to others. So hell yes to all of this and... I'm going to leave you, Grow Tribe, with one challenge. I want you to think about what is one action you can take to feel more freedom for you in this next week. What is one thing that you can do that is going to align with you feeling more free? And it may be getting out in nature for 10 minutes. Who knows? It might be putting on a great tune. 
and dancing like no one's watching. I don't know what it is for you, but yeah, bring on the freedom. Joe, thanks so much for sharing your personal story and journey because I think it's so helpful in making the work that you do now um, so powerful and impactful. And it's great to have you part of the tribe. I'll put all your details in the show notes. And um, yeah, I've loved this chat because we have a lot of things in common that we're passionate about. And I, yeah, just a shout out to everyone out there. Enjoy your growth. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Great message and uh, bring it on. There's so many people out there that need our help. Let's make it happen. Thanks so much for being here and being part of the Grow Tribe. It would be amazing if you shared this podcast with others at home, at work, gave it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts and shared any ideas about what you want to hear more about or who you want to hear from. I love to hear your updates. If you're interested in learning about how to become a Chief Energy Officer, you're looking to fuel your impact and your performance, could be you, could be your team, have a look at the link in the show notes about where to start. And as always, drop me an email if you're looking for any support or you've got any insights that you want to share on growth. It's melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at go2grow.com.au. Thanks, everyone.